Welcome to the Crave Magazine Podcast, feeding your soul with art. Embrace mentors. Look at the people who have already done what you've done. If you have enough discipline and enough focus, then you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. Sometimes you have to stand out to fit in. Follow your passion and the universe brings more and more gifts into your life. Find your right path and your passion and go for it. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're doing something a little different. I am at the Art Institute of Colorado in downtown Denver and very grateful to them for hosting me and having me here and sponsoring this podcast. And today we're actually going to interview a group of students at the Art Institute about why they do what they do and why they're here and why they love the arts. And specifically, we're in a portfolio group. These are, final, these are students in their final quarter or final last one or two quarters of school before they graduate. And this is a sound engineering class. I'm here with Dan, who is the instructor of the class, and a handful of students. Why don't we go around and just introduce yourselves and say hello. Hi, I'm Dan Buckley. Hi, I'm Peter Hart. Jason Revels. <coughs> Amanda Miller. Roger Dupre. Chris Ellis. Isaiah Naranjo. All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank you. We're going to do this kind of a little bit open format today since we have a group of, of people here to talk to. Well, I usually always start out with an inspiration, and um, I'm going to field this to Dan, being the instructor, I want to know, Dan, something that inspires you as an instructor here at the Art Institute, as an artist? So I am, I love art, all types of art, and as art progresses, I believe that if you can share the knowledge that you have with somebody else, they can progress it further than you could ever progress it yourself, and so teaching has turned out to be the perfect thing for me, because as art progresses, I progress. That's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> that is profound, yeah. Do you find an inspiration from your students? I do. I um, It's the fountain of youth. Right. First of all is that they keep me young. They keep me educated to what's hip. That's not a cool hip word it's anymore. Not a, it's not a cool word. <laughs> so what's, what word am I supposed to use now? What's dank? What's dank? What's dank? <laughs> I don't know if I can use that word, but okay. So they keep me up to uh, what's dank. Um, <laughs> that just sounds it's wrong. It's a Colorado phrase. But I'm, I'm lucky. They, they get one of me. I get, in this case, six of them. Um, sometimes 15, sometimes 20 of them. But I, uh, I learn probably more from them than they learn from all of us here at school because each one of them is a teacher to me. So that's what I think is great. No, that's cool. That's cool. Let's go around the room and I, if you can give me one word of something, it can be anything, whether it's you know music or video or whatever, one word of something that you guys draw inspiration from. Go, Chris. Uh, I'd say storytelling. I would say helping people. That's two words. We'll helping. Take, we'll <laughs> helping, good, all right. Um, literature. Motion. Motion or emotion? Emotion. Emotion? Life. Science. <laughs> Science. So as you can see, we've got a really good mix of, of, of people here. What uh, Dan had talked about, what we talked about a little bit before the inter interview started was this class, while it's a portfolio class and it's a sound engineering class, <clears throat> is also a lot about philosophy, and so, which is really fun. So maybe we can get into some more of that, uh, kind of the philosophy of the arts and that sort of thing as we go on. But if you guys will, I want to hear a little bit of story about, about why you guys are at the Art Institute. What, what brought you here, why you guys decided this would be uh, a good place, or why it would be a good place to focus your education. 
anybody can go. You know, I, I just love, I just love art. I love the fact that I could be creative through technology, and I just, I just want to be the best at my field of artistry, which is mainly live sound. And coming to the Art Institute made me, it made me professional. You know, people looked at me, they speak to me different, knowing that I'm taking the time and the effort to really hone my skills. And to me, being an engineer is, is being an artist. You're helping people achieve their goals to get their music, to get their productions out. So it's kind of a ministry in the fact that you're helping people achieve their goals. And to me, music and art and, and entertainment, it heals people. Heals people? Heals people. Anybody yeah. want to comment on that? Why does music heal people? It takes them out of the situation that they're in. Yeah. Influence, I believe. What do you mean? Uh, well, at least for me personally, I believe that, uh, as we all know, music is universal. So it influences the way we think and how we trigger things and how we memorize anything. So if I can change your mood, I can change the way you think. And if I can change the way you think, I got you. Yeah. And I can use that. I can. I can use that in any form of way or fashion that I can. Sure. But I use it for positivity and activism. Uh, so it gets people to think about different things. And when you put, it's it's crazy how a note can express more than a paragraph or you saying something. It's crazy how that works. But yeah. Yeah. Now, are you guys all in school for, like, sound engineering is your major? Yes. Yeah, Audio production. Audio, Audio production. production. Okay. What do, you guys, what do you guys hope to do when you graduate? Like, do you want to go into the music industry? Do you want to go into radio? Um, I saw you're working on some video clips over here, look like. Do, movies. <clears throat> what do you guys have aspirations mm -hmm. for? So, one thing that I kind of plan on doing is, um, well, I kind of have a few things in mind, actually, is, like, uh, sound design for like video games and um, for uh, film and uh, also doing a lot of mixing so that's kind of where uh, I kind of aim or my aim is at mm -hmm. right now but as of right now um, before that I'm probably going to go uh, and get my master's and continue, uh, continue my education after I graduate. Okay, master's in, in something uh, related, related to sound or? Yeah, well yeah. like music. Okay. Yeah, yeah so. Mm -hmm. How about over here? I haven't heard from this side right here. Oh, Amanda, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, what what brought you here and what, what do you think you want to do after you graduate? Um, That's a really tough question to ask somebody who's about to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This, I figured it's something I, that you think about all the time. Oh, yeah. I have no idea right now. Okay. Um, Kind of dabbling in a lot of things. Live sound is one of the things I really like. Um, and mixing. In mixing? Yeah. In regards to like uh, music production or other areas? Anything um, specific? I really like music. I also really like working on like post-production for film. Okay. Dan, do you think uh, in today's society like it's um, important for artists like this or, or artistic jobs like this that it's... A co I know this is a baited question, but do you think college is important? Like can people kind of do on-the-job on training, go through an apprenticeship-type process? How does college, how is college different? I think the thing that sets college different, we don't really see, probably until we get a little bit older in life, but 
we're seeing so many people end up with college degrees that without the college degree, you can only progress so far. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of hit the stumbling block. And that's our school has a lot of examples similar to possibly even you, how, you know, people come to, back to college <laughs> as they get older. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. And um, because whether it's they're changing career path or they need that degree to further it up. That's one of the things you see college come through, and we are lucky enough to get the bachelor degree here. Can you learn all this stuff outside of college? Probably. I always think of the movie Goodwill Hunting. Dates yeah. myself right there, but um, <laughs> the I think the difference is, is that here, the instructors that we have give you this one-on-one -on -one thing that can help you see it a different way than a book could tell you, or that you could learn it on yourself, and hopefully it expands beyond what you're capable of by yourself, and then especially when you hit your 30s and you need that college degree, you'll already have it. <laughs> so you don't need college, but it's just an extra tool or weapon or however you want to look at it, but it gives you a little bit further head start advantage or something as you're progressing through your career or your choices in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that is my story. I worked as a photographer for many years and only had a two-year degree, came back and finished my degree and a four-year degree, and I'm not using it. So <laughs> that's another aspect, I think. One of the interesting things, though, like this is a specific, very specific kind of um, degree that you guys are, are getting. And so if you continue to work in that field, I think, I mean, it's an expanding, always ever expanding field. Mm -hmm. So you can always find work in it. Are you guys, do you guys do artists, art in the other way? I know before we started recording, you were talking about how you love outdoor sports and snowboarding and, and stuff like that. And... You're obviously a fitness dude, I can tell just by looking at you. <laughs> do you guys do other artistry outside of sound engineering? I, I'm, a, I'm just an avid um, enjoyer of art. I mean, I'm not sure how many people could look at a piece of art and feel the actual, maybe, emotion that they were trying to convey, where it almost brings you to tears, you know, from a piece of art or from a movie or from a piece of music Chris was talking about, just how, just how you just get absorbed in into the piece mm -hmm. and I just really enjoy that so I don't do anything I don't paint I don't do anything other but engineer but I'm a true friend fan of art and just the way it makes you feel and how it could, how it could transform you and change you and you know yeah yeah do any other guys do you play music or paint photography anything yeah, I'm a I'm a musician myself, um, and it's actually kind of one of the reasons I ended up here at the Art Institute. Um, I wanted to um, learn about kind of the production and the behind-the-scenes work of recording music in order to record my own music, okay. kind of cut out the middleman. Sure. Over my time here, just getting to work as an engineer with with artists who have you know stories to tell and songs with a a good message and um, just getting the opportunity to help that be produced in the correct way and to be you know professional enough to be sent out for people to hear it and for people to to catch that story has been it's been really cool yeah. kind of shifted my my uh my priorities as far as what i want to do with my career what do you mean shifted your priorities i've i've definitely put a bit of my you know songwriting and musicianship to the side in order to you know experience other people's music and just get to place a hand on that and and help it come to fruition Cool. So you've changed. Like, mm -hmm. How about you guys? What what have you picked up along the way here at school that has caused you to sort of maybe change what you thought about your path or what you thought about sound engineering? Everything. Everything. Every, yeah, everything. Give me one thing. 
Well, I came in wanting to do live sound. I kind of had my mind made up about that, and then I was exposed to a lot like mixing and film for or sound for film, and it kind of changed my mind. What do you, what do you mean live sound? Um, like doing concert sound. Okay. Like recording a production yeah. or yeah. Um, mixing for like concerts. Okay. Working with living people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Live sound, working with those who are alive. Yeah. How about you guys? What was the question again? <laughs> yeah, um, what, how, how has being a student here changed your perspective on what you thought coming in to where you are now as you get ready to graduate? Like as far as the things that you've learned and where you where your career may take you after this. Definitely found skills that I shine in opposed to things that. I thought I wanted to do before I came here. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. When I first came here, I kind of wanted to chase the whole artist dream of making music, stuff like that. And I realized that, you know, that's a hard, it's a hard road to go down. And I have skills that I can use in other aspects. I, I love making music, but I'm starting to realize that I can make music for video games. Yeah. And I can still do what I love, but it's not exactly what I came to school for. Or, you know, like it wasn't the uh, the intention that I had in mind. It wasn't what you started with when you got here, yeah. But uh, just finding like little skills like that where I can apply, you know, what I know, it's really opened up a lot. Isaiah, how about you? It's kind of the same in a way. Uh, I forgot who I was talking to. I think it was talking to my brother about it I was talking to him about like um, like when I first came here my idea was set on like just music in general mm -hmm. and I know I wanted to do something with it and just being here like until now and all that it just it kind of changed in wanting to do other things like like I said like um, like I was telling him was um, like I can do like sound design or something like that like for video games or I can do music for video games or like soundscapes and all that Sure. So uh, that's kind of where, like, I got these other ideas of what I wanted to do. So that's kind of where it kind of changed my, uh, I guess, my like first thought of like going to school was like you know gaming. I mean, not gaming, uh, music. And so now it's just like, you know, there's so many opportunities now out there. So it's kind of what I want to do now. It's like, yeah, like I said earlier, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that like as we go down that road that the more we learn, the more possibilities open up. Because I did the same thing. I had a really specific, I'm going to do this when I go to school. I'm going to go back to school, get my degree and do this. And it changed as I was in school. And, and now I'm doing podcasting. So it's really different. Go through, if you guys will, and share with me a success that you guys have had in school specifically. Like you had this great interaction, like you met a great uh, a band that you admired that came in and recorded with you or, or whatever it is. Or you had um, a test that you thought you were going to do really bad on that you ended up doing really good on. or just some experience. Share with me a success that you had as a student here at ASC. The world has just opened up for me. And um, just all the different avenues and arenas, I see that there's actual opportunities that money can be made. Mainly for me, it's live sound and AV. I'm really seeing that I could get my degree and I could actually get out there and make some money. So college has taught me how to think. It's taught me how to opened up my mind and it's uh, just kind of opened up my world it's, it's just been amazing cool well someone else success that you've had while you're at school 
Yeah, for me, I mean, one of the things before um, I got into into this school was it was very difficult for me to finish projects. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, keep getting new ideas, and I didn't have any hard deadlines for myself. And so, you know, being in an environment where you know there's due dates and there's like a structure for it um, has really helped me to to really get things done and to to finish them. And um, one of the things that's come out of that is uh, I had the chance to work with a, with a songwriter over the last few months. Um, his name's Grant Cole, and we uh, recorded and mixed a whole you know, three-song EP, and it's on Spotify now. Okay. So it's, That's it's, cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see you know, something that I got to, to work with and have a hand in you know, out there for, for people to listen to. Nice. Amanda? Um, last month was Comic-Con here uh-huh. in Denver, and I Denver had Comic-Con. a video of mine. <laughs> shown at Comic-Con, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's very cool, yeah. In in front of an audience of thousands, um, millions? I think it was millions. just in front of the booth. Okay, played. <laughs> yeah. played so it could have been thousands of people saw your video. There were thousands of people yeah. there. Yeah. He couldn't find the booth, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody but Dan saw your video. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, I guess my first quarter here, I took a MIDI class with Seraphin Sanchez, and one of the first assignments that we had was to kind of, he gave us like a concept and we had to make sort of like a soundscape music thing about it. And to be honest, before I submitted the uh, soundscape, I thought it was going to be absolutely terrible. I thought everyone else was going to have better stuff than I did. And uh, after we presented everything, uh, I got kind of like a round of applause from everybody because I had one of the best works that I had. Nice. So just, uh, I guess, holding myself up to a certain standard is probably one of the most amazing things that I've experienced here. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you're so oh. talkative before we started. Oh, my bad. You've been silent just this whole time. I'm humble right now. <laughs> How about you? Give us the success that you've had while you've been in school. Uh, well, shoot. Um, working with other artists didn't used to like to work with everybody. No. Nah. I was, because I just knew who, I know I knew what my sound was, but and I knew how to get it, and I didn't need nobody else to get it. But now I have other artists, they come up to me, they want me to work with them, so, and uh, I'm able to be a producer and just, what do you want? Yeah. And help them get to that goal. Did, and, you, uh, did you find that experience humbled you a little bit? Like, oh, yeah. You had this came in here with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, it sounds like. I came in here <laughs> cocky as I don't know what. Dan had to <laughs> shut me up and sit me down a few times, along with some other instructors. Because I was just really cocky, thought I knew it all. But yeah. then the technical aspects of everything, I was able to learn and actually do it. And that led to me producing and my own albums, which I have now, that are out. That whole recording process, the mixing process, those are the things I'm, I'm very proud of because... Uh, I didn't know how to do the, I didn't know how to do any of that. So when I finally learned, I was like, hey, right, I got it. It's in my head now. It's locked in. Cool. I know cool. how to do this. So. I don't think we ever got you to shut up. <laughs> they, never got me, they never got me to shut up. But now, now yeah. you got a mic in front of y'all. So you got a nah, yeah, room full of people. I can say something, but you know, <laughs> choose to be humble. But. Isaiah, talk to us about the success you had while you're, while you're here. I think maybe just like interacting with other people and, you know, just kind of learning from each you know, each individual that I come across and all that is like learning something new or, you know, something that maybe I didn't think about it this way. And, or I think, I don't know, in a way I feel like that was like a kind of a big success for me. So, yeah, um, just because, you know, just coming from like a small town and all that. And uh, it's like the whole, our, my culture, it's like a whole 
different it's a whole different viewpoint from or from here and so like a lot of people back home don't um really i guess well they do they everyone we have like we socialize and everything like that but we don't do it like they or like up here and all that and it's cool to kind of meet other people from different cultures mm -hmm. and, and kind of get a feel for what their what their lives is like uh, is about so right where are you from um from uh new mexico okay yeah are you have Mexican heritage? Uh, no, uh, Native American. Native American. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found a, I found a common theme here, and it's something that I discovered too when I went to school here, uh, as the interaction of other people and the help of other people. Uh, one of the things that I really took away from here was a, was the critique, and I don't know if you guys do that in sound engineer, audio engineering as well, but like that ability to have your work sort of judged by your peers, but not judged in a negative way. I think it's really important, and it sounded like you had a, both. Of you guys had a little bit of experience of that, yeah. of and even you, like where you open yourself up to the judgment of others. It's it's a really kind of a fragile thing. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. it's it, it's really. dangerous for your ego, but realizing that it's like these are students or these are people that are kind of really at the same place you are, regardless of how much experience they have or how much knowledge they have. We're all willing to learn and help each other, and so that sounds like a common thread that has like your experience of working with each other and being around other people has really kind of helped you to see a bigger picture in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I think one of the most important aspects of that is from the art, as we grow up as artists, we tend to be artists upon ourselves and we forget, or maybe we don't know there's other people out there. And when we come in, especially to critique, we learn, Hey, there's another person that's just like me or, Oh, I want to be like that person or something like that. And we start to realize that the artistry isn't just within ourselves, but it's mm -hmm. this whole group. And then we start allowing other artistry to influence our art and we go beyond what we ever could have been by ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the beauty of a classroom or especially the critiques is where you get to see the artist of the other person and see how they change throughout a class or a quarter. Mm -hmm. And sure. the ego gets chipped away during that process. It makes me think of, I thought of, I think, uh, Chris or Isaiah, when you guys were talking, I thought of the album Collision Course. I may be dating myself a little bit, but, <laughs> like, you have t two different groups, Linkin Park and Jay-Z, that would never find themselves in the same room together, let alone on the same album. And I think it was, like, really kind of a new point in music where they said, let's mash these two different, really different sounds together and create something totally brand new. And now you see it happen all the time with collaborations of... Pretty much music musicians mm -hmm. across different genres of music that yeah. I think is really really powerful. Yeah. I want to welcome. We got a new guest or a new person came in. You came late though. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Super late. This I'm is what, sorry. Introduce yourself, Meetings. if you will. <laughs> um, I'm Jay Peter. I'm the program chair of Media Arts here. I get to run the entire department. Ooh. It's fun. <laughs> I feel so I get powerful. to run it. I get to run the entire So let this be a lesson to students. Just because he came late doesn't mean you guys can come late. No. I had meetings, to be fair. Meetings. I had <laughs> he did. meetings to go to. Yeah. I had things to take care of for you guys. Thank he you. Also, he was also unaware. I texted him. I was like, hey, you want to come down and be part of this? And he was like, that might be kind of cool. Yeah, well, we, we appreciate you being here. We're... We're recording a podcast. We're talking about um, the arts specifically. Glorious. And what? Glorious. Glorious. Yes. <laughs> glorious <laughs> arts. <laughs> you know, he glorious. said that real. It is glorious. He said so, it is. let me throw the, one of the earliest questions was inspiration. I want to know what inspires you as a as a um, as a director of the department. What about that inspires you, or what about being a uh, a facilitator inspires you? 
I have a master's degree in comic books, and my master's degree in comic books got me two things initially out of school. Number one, yeah, well, comic books. Come on, Jason, <laughs> don't you pay attention, man? <laughs> it got it got me two things. Number one, a lot of debt, and number two, a job in retail. So, it took me six years after getting my master's degree to step into a position where I could be financially stable in an artistic profession. And that artistic profession for me is being the academic director here. But my goal and my inspiration is to have these guys that are in the classroom right now not go through that, I'll call it pain because it was retail, mm -hmm. but to go through that pain, I want them to have jobs and work and something in their life that can sustain them. So if yeah. they want to go work elsewhere and be a waiter or a hostess or host or um, work in retail or work in sales or be a truck driver, whatever the heck they want to do, make that a want rather than a need and have their artistic lives and their artistic careers be their initial job, yeah. which is rare, especially coming out of college. So working through, like we've said, the critique and in the classroom and working outside yourself and collaborating with others and getting your network available and going to places like Denver Comic Con and making those connections outside of this building and outside of this classroom is what I found I was lacking. So my goal is to make sure they're getting that. And that's what inspires me. Mm -hmm. I want to see a student come back in six months, in a year, in 18 months and go, man, look at this animation I'm working on. Look at this video that I'm doing. Look at this sound design that I've done for this feature film. Hey, I'm working at Red Rocks doing this. Hey, I'm working at and one of our recent grads is the audio, one of the audio video guys at the convention center. Oh. So that's his job. And it's not may not be what he wants to do, but it's in his profession. It's in his career. Yeah, so sure. I want that to happen. And that's what inspires me to do it is I went through the pain of retail. Yeah. It's yeah. not fun. I don't want these guys to do that. I mean, during college, cool. But after college, I want you to roll right into what you are paying to do exactly. and start making money off of it. Yeah. So. Well, that's a, uh, I think, a good follow or lead into these guys are getting ready to graduate mm -hmm. in the next quarter or two. And you're leaving college and a lot, and especially this school and schools like this, you may be leaving college with a large amount of debt. And you have several, two, three, four years experience, uh, or not experience, but education, but very limited experience. Mm -hmm. How do you, Jay, how do you, how do, how do students like combat that? Is I'm coming out of school, I have huge debt, I have very little experience, so I'm going to end up, if I work in my career or in my, my field, I'm going to get kind of a lower end job because I don't have the experience yet. How does a student um, deal with that? It's a real question. Yeah. We're getting real here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that. I think everybody in here has heard me say this, and I don't know if this is going to be a major revelation for all of you, but there are three things you need in the artistic, well, hell, in profession to be um, successful. You need to have talent, you need to be reliable, and you need to have a good personality. Yeah, there you go. Talent coming out of college, nobody in this room, once they graduate, is going to be more talented than anybody else in the field. I mean, just based on experience, you work in the field for 15, 20, 30 years, they're probably going to have more talent and more capability and more experience, well, obviously more experience than somebody coming right out of college. Mm -hmm. Reliability. If you can hit your deadlines, if you can show up on time, if you can... Um, do the basic things at the right time for whatever profession you need. That's huge. And translating that from the classroom to, 
hitting your deadlines on time, um, making your assignments on time, getting into the studio when you need to be in the studio, um, spending your free time getting work done either at home or in the classroom, that's reliability. And that comes from your professors. Your professors are your number one contact to the professional world. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I need a student to do X, Y, and Z, my first call is to the professors, and the professors are gonna go, oh yeah, you need this guy, this guy, and that guy. So that connection is your initial experience, and then that final thing is that personality. You have to be easy to work with, you have to be fun to work with. Mm -hmm. You can sit in a room with a whole bunch of friends and say, hey, it would be great to work with these guys and end up with the worst business experience you've ever had because friendship and professional relationship are two completely different things. Two different things. So you need to find somebody you can work with. You need to be easy to work with. You need to be able to take critique. You need to be able to um, work in a situation where professionally people want to work with you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So the two most important things that we teach here in my opinion is networking and that personality and your reliability because everybody's going to end up with the basic skill set to get a job and that's mm -hmm. college across the board sure yeah absolutely unless you get a master's degree you're going to get that bits and pieces of everything within that field but if you're out networking like at denver comic con at Red Rocks, if you're working in, you know, just taking a weekend job doing the 48-hour film festival or doing free comic book day or doing the horror conventions or whatever it is and getting your name out there, mm -hmm. that's going to put you uh, in front of the bell curve. And then number two, if I get those calls from professionals and somebody says, hey, I need an audio student to come record audio live for X, Y, and Z, and I ask Dan and Dan says, you need these three people and none of them respond after I connect them, that's a problem, but if all three of them respond, it's even better. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. It's sure. a great problem. So that's the combatant that we have here is we've got enough connections through the school to get you the networking and get you the connections you need. So when you do graduate, you're top of mind when somebody needs help. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I think to add on to that, too, is I think that when you do finish school, it shows a reliable, dependable thing that you committed to something for a few years of your life. And I think that that influences or helps your image towards an employer or your ability to become employed by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think that's one of the strengths of going to college. It shows that you can actually commit to something and finish it out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I went back to school after many years and, and I actually had instructors asked me why I was in school. Like, I didn't need it for my career. It was something that I wanted to finish. Yeah, I just wanted a degree. And I found the, the interpersonal experiences and, like, the critique we talked about, just that connection with the different the different students, uh, as the different photographers, and even in different... Um, like, I knew that Jason were in a class... He and I were in a class together three years ago. <laughs> you know, making these connections, I think, is, is really powerful, too. So, that being said, though, as students... I'm curious what challenges you guys may have had along your journey to graduation. Something that came up that you overcame and uh, is why you're sitting in this room right now. Who wants to go first? Listening. Listening? Humbly. You had a hard time? Ooh. Yeah? It was not cool. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> not cool. Uh, 
And I critique. Because when when somebody says something to me or when Dan critique me on a mix or somebody says something, it's my mix. Like, yo, it's my song. How can you tell me how, I, how it sounds from my ear or something? But I had to, to see what their perspective was and it led me to create better music, better content, and uh, I was able to have a better overall product. And for listening, I just needed to shut up. He actually <laughs> shut up. His first portfolio class, he got a compliment, but he took it as an insult and walked out of the room and like freaked out. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, was, cur- I was cursing that dang. He's like, yo, Chris, you did really good. You did really good, but it can't be all about you. I was like, what the? What you mean? Like, can't it be all about me? It's like, yo, come on now. It's, it's, it's poor. It's, it's supposed to be all about you. But he was like, no, no, no. Apparently, he's, he, apparently he said something that was nice. Oh, I'm sorry. What that I heard was wrong. Yeah. I, from what I heard, from what, I, from what my ear was, I was like, he just told me that that I'm selfish or it's all about me. <laughs> it shouldn't be all about me. I was like, what you talking about? So yeah, I was I was really mad. And then hey, but you've I come a long down. way. I've come a long way. I've calmed down since then. I've listened to everybody. Yeah. Of course, I'm always open in ear. I'm always down to do anything because I need to learn. And I think the one thing that you've found, especially in the past couple quarters, is you've gotten enough critiques that you can now say that's opinion that's relevant that is bullcrap yeah that's fine so i think you're finally to a point where you're hearing common threads and working on them and fixing them whereas you know early in your career here you know i before i stepped into this position and really knew you all i heard was oh yeah he does his own shit that's what he wants to do so i mean just my interaction with you have come a very, very long way in terms of letting other people listen and getting the opinions and then taking that and processing it and putting your spin on what you Right, doing. applying it to so, it. Listening yeah. and applying, that's all mm-hmm. life is. There's a, there's a big difference, I think, between a critique and a criticism and also a critique from your peers and recognizing that this person is my peer, this person is my uh, you know, equal in in this realm versus just an opinion of somebody that doesn't know shit about what they're talking about mm-hmm. and recognizing that difference where where this is someone that if I listen to what this person says it can actually really benefit me and I right. can improve my work will improve because of their suggestion mm-hmm. versus they don't know what they're talking about I know what they're talking about yeah. so I yeah. had that problem how about anybody else some challenge that you, that you overcame well you know um, I started college at 32 I had a wife and kids and jobs already, and I think it was just hard to balance and schedule. I'm in college and, you know, school is somewhat easy, you know, you learn, but I felt like I couldn't put in the the, the effort I really wanted to, to study and to learn, and I'm just kind of surprised my grades look the way they do, being the amount of time I feel like I devote to school. I'm spread thin all across the board, so that's been a challenge, and the fact that my GPA is, you know, A average, and you know, I have a lot of support, you know, but I always tell kids, you know, go to go to school early and really devote that time. And I feel like, um, you know, it's just it's just a challenge, but it's also been a benefit, you know, having support, having something to look at some people to look at when I get home, like I'm doing this for my sons or my wife. And so there's that there's the boost, but also there's the man I got to I gotta knock out this paper and my kid has a swim match or, or this and that and my wife is she wants to do this so that's very tough to balance being a working adult yeah for sure and it, 
Good to see you're making the progress, man. You're almost done. Almost That's done. fantastic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Someone once said, I heard somebody say once, as, as far as like an, an adult going back to school and having that fear, because I think that's something that adults, like especially the older that you get and the more set you get into a career path or a family path or whatever, the harder it is to go back to school and, yeah, and get a degree or get a new degree or completely different degree or whatever. But someone said to me, like, how, how old are you going to be in five years from now if you don't go back to school? And then conversely, how old are you going to be five years from now if you do go back to school? Exactly. Like, it's the same. So you, you figured it out, man. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's cool. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How about a couple of the other guys? Yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, one of the big things for me has been um, kind of coming out of my shell. And uh, I'm really thankful for, like, the small classes um, around here. I think the biggest <laughs> class I've had here is, like, 20 five people maybe yeah. and you know I have friends up at you know big universities who have you know 300 400 people in their classes yeah. and just the opportunity to to really get to know people and to you know get that feedback and that critique from a small group of people who you know like we were talking about are, are on the same path and are willing to to help each other improve has been yeah so so just having I mean it it was a challenge definitely to, to come out of the shell but having you know a, an awesome group of people to to do that with is... you're awesome too peter hey thanks for yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's great thank you for that um for me it's not as much of an issue now as it was when i started um i'm the only girl in the room right now all the time um, all the time pretty much most of the time especially when i first started um and we've kind of weeded out some of the students that we're really bad about it, but um, not being taken seriously mm. because I'm a girl. Did you find that was that a real thing? It, it was really absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's, sound engineering is, a, is traditionally a man's industry. world, huh? Man's world. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm super glad you're here. Super glad you're part yeah, of this. Yeah. Ironically, with what Amanda just said, is girls do hear better than us. We know that they see more colors than us, um, and some of the top people, especially like in the mastering world, are female, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the most important things to embrace and unfortunately we you know per class we're lucky if we have a girl in it and there's a lot of people that come and don't I remember when Amanda first started and there were people that looked at her like you shouldn't be here and then I remember one of the I think it was either you were in the class or Megan was in the class and I was like hey guys they hear better than you Mm. and they were like no and then we did a listening test and the guy shut up (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah <laughs> Not to interrupt you. Keep going, but I was just reading. That was a really good point, though. I think I said everything. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's great. Oh, that's great. How about you guys? Last two. A challenge that you guys mm-hmm. have overcome? Um, so, when I first started here, it was back in the beginning of 2014, and I was uh, staying with my cousin. And he graduated back in, or that summer of 2014. And so, after that, I took off two quarters because uh, he was moving back. And I had no place to stay at, at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, and I was going to just take a quarter off and come back and then probably just, you know, jump into dorms or, with, or the school housing that they had here. Um, but at the same time, I kind of didn't want to. But um, 2015 came around and I ended up coming back. I think it was just, yeah, like I said, it was, I think it was just mainly location. Mm-hmm. But coming back here and uh, ended up go, uh, going into the, uh, the student housing. And, I mean, it was pretty cool because, you know, like, I met some pretty cool, or I had some pretty cool roommates and had some that were not so. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, it was it was pretty good experience. Plus, I was kind of used to it because I, I, I grew up with, like, five sisters. 
two, uh, two brothers. Oh, yeah. Wow, they canceled. <laughs> yeah, so like whenever I was younger, I roomed with my sisters. So like I kind of was used to, you know, have, sharing a room. So sure. yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think that was just one kind of like wall that I had to, you know, get past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And you're still here, and you're graduating, so it's just just great. You're still here, man. Still here. (laughs) All right, last one. You've had a lot of time to think about this. Yeah, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, the biggest challenge that I've overcome was actually coming to school. I moved out here three years ago, right when I started. You know, my, my mom, she actually moved to Colorado my senior year of high school. So I had to move out, get my own place. I was in a really kind of bad relationship, but always been the type that I always gave so so much to other people and I actually came out here to visit my mom one summer and just for shits and giggles I put in an application to the Art Institute to see what would happen within a month I was enrolled and I had a full-time job out here and decided to completely give up my entire life in New Mexico to actually do something for myself yeah which was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done but Congrats, man. That's cool. I'm mm-hmm. very happy that I did it. It's powerful. And you're about to complete yeah, this man. journey and complete. start the next one. Yeah. Absolutely. It's full of journeys. Yeah, it's a good cross section of people, and I'm just what I'm hearing is any challenge is insurmountable. I mean, or insurmountable. Any challenge is surmountable. You can yeah. get, you can <laughs> overcome any challenge. Yeah, you go. Let's <laughs> say that. Because <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. we've all had, we've all had our own. Everybody has their own stuff, and and I. I'm inspired by stories like, especially you guys and Amanda. Like, couldn't even think of what it's like to be a woman or, or, you know, just different from other people. Um, what's yeah? Go ahead. No, oh, so kind of con- continuing off off of that too. Um, it was just it kind of made me. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day too. And anything that we do, you know, like like for instance, like me going to school or something like that. Um, you know, there's always going to be, you know, like hurdles that are along mm-hmm. the way and all that, or even walls. And but if you think about it, those walls are put there for a reason, like to whoever wants it the most. And Absolutely. So we'll find a way to mm-hmm. get around that wall. So I was mm-hmm. thinking about that the other day, though. <laughs> it builds your character for sure. Yeah, just but don't quit. If you've got a dream and you keep going for it, can't quit, man. Right, we we talked before we, before we started recording. We talked a little bit about uh, like going after your passion and. Just don't give up. If there's something that you want to do, just keep on pushing forward. And the people, the right people will come into your life, the right circumstances. And, and yeah. like we talked, don't don't go after the money because if you go after your passion, the money will find you. If you go after your the money, I think your passion will be gone. So, and yeah. Patience sometimes goes oh. along with that passion. Ooh. Patience. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Lots of patience. Post that. Ooh, post that. <laughs> Since we're going deep, let's go let's go let's go deep. Let's go, let's deep. go deep. I wanna know how being a student here has affected you guys in your outside life. Like Jason, you talked a little bit about the challenges that you had with balancing being a family man, being mm-hmm. a father and a husband mm-hmm. with also being a student yeah. here at school. So yeah. why don't we go around and, and just talk a little bit about how, how being a student has affected the other areas of your life. Confidence. I mean, I mean, I used to literally get laughed at doing live sound and they're up there shaking their head and they're like, this, this, you know, this guy, you know. So being a student here and like I said, I mean, as soon as they find out you're going to school, they kind of look at you and, you know, kind of differently, like he's trying, you know, he's, He's he has the passion to learn and the in the in the grow, so it, it it has built my 
confidence up the more I learn and grow here. Say building on that, just not being afraid to fail. You know, I've always been the type that was just scared of rejection. And coming here has showed me that everybody fails. Everybody messes up. You know, everybody turns in a project that's not that good. Right. And, you know, just having that attitude and being able to do better with your next project is what really, you know, showed me a lot. On that failure, Dan, you said you're, you're in the sports, sports radio. Well, I did. I'm into sports radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was sports. I thought it was sports statistic. That sounds weird. I thought it was sports, <laughs> sports radio. <laughs> well, I thought it was sports statistic, which is I I still find fascinating. It's uh, people that are anybody into baseball here. What does it take to get into the Hall of Fame? So I'm not a baseball like, guy, so oh I don't know goodness. the answer to that one. <laughs> so like a Hall of Fame, and I'm, I could be wrong, but like a Hall of Fame baseball average is 300 or higher, I believe. 333 is considered oh, really yes. good. So the batting average. That's your batting average, right? Three, 300 or 333 batting average is 33%. That means you hit the ball a third of the times it was thrown at you. Wow. Like that's failure, right? Like that's all in play a third of the time. I'm yeah. sorry, I got the ball in play, right? Yeah. So, which means oh, which means so, you no. either struck out or missed the ball or fouled out, whatever. More times like two thirds of the time, yeah. of you failed as that's a baseball crazy. player. That's like, that's, that's such true. a crazy statistic, right? <laughs> and you're considered one of the best in the world if you've got that ball on the field a when third of the time. Yeah. So imagine if you did 50. It just blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> Insert explosion. That's good, sound. Jim. That's good. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. So failure is going to happen in your life often and a lot. And I think embracing that failure, yeah. because that's where you learn your biggest lessons. That's how you respond. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how any sport is. Hockey, your shooting percentage is, I mean... If you're lucky if one of ten shots goes in, you know, if you're a scorer and people are like, oh, this person scores all the time. Well, they probably shot it a bunch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they probably know how to um, put it you in. You know, you take the best quarterbacks in the NFL and they're completing the mid-60s percentage of their passes, which means they're going to miss a lot of passes too. Yeah. Most Hall of Fame quarterbacks' touchdown-interception ratio is like 2-1, to 3-1. to one. Yeah. So three touchdowns to every interception. Right. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the so. people that make it to the Hall of Fame or the people that really get to, I, I think the people that get to do what they love the most in life have also failed a lot, but I don't think they see it as failure. I mean, I've probably failed a lot, but I don't think I've ever failed at anything yeah. because it's just, it's just another opportunity yeah. to get up and do something else or change the way you're doing it or look at different things and like every... You know, failure or success, I went to a really small high school. Apparently, I was really good at football, but my really small high school told us she couldn't do anything and couldn't do this, and nobody from our high school really went off and did anything. I did, and we have a couple others that did, but you you look at every time we would lose a game, they would say, oh, we suck. Oh, this was bad. I looked at it as, what can we do to be better the next game? And if you keep getting better every time, you keep progressing forward, Amazing things happen, not just to you, but to people around you, the world, or all that cool stuff. I'm going to take it off sports analogies for good. a minute. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. with art. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, artists. Back around. We're, we're, artists. we're artists here, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I played basketball, but I wasn't I was good at Hoover, it. Bro. So anyway, um, Jake Parker, you know Jake, you know Jake Parker? He's an illustrator, game designer, children's book okay. uh, artist, um, just amazing illustrator. 
uh, he has a philosophy which goes along to everything we're just talking about. It's called finish not perfect. Finish what you're working on. Learn from your you learn from your mistakes. Do better next time. Finish not perfect. If you try to do it perfect every single time and fear that failure that comes with making mistakes, you're not going to progress. So finish not perfect. And he has a whole YouTube video that goes through his entire philosophy on it. But finish not perfect. And it's the same thing for sports and uh, management and retail. Mm-hmm. Get the sale done. Make the sale. Get the TV. Get the ring. Get the washer and dryer out the door. You may have missed something. You may have not done it right. But if you're worried about getting it perfect every single time, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. So yeah. a perfectionist is actually an imperfectionist. Yeah. Because they're always looking for the imperfections, and so they're always going to find imperfections. They will always exist. So give up being a perfectionist yeah. and just like I like say that again. Finish not perfect. Finish not perfect. Well, yeah. If we go back to our deadline thing and reliability, finished. Finished is reliability. Finished. That's one of the biggest things you see in the classroom is that when you guys, prior to having you guys in the portfolio and more of the advanced classes. You guys would spend so much time working on trying to get this thing perfect, and then you wouldn't turn it in because <laughs> you're still working on it to get it perfect. It's not done. It's not done. It's never done, right? And uh, okay, but now you guys you turn things in, and the truth is is that turning it in probably makes it perfect. Yeah. Or not perfect in what we just said, but your Finish. thing that you're working on to make perfect <laughs> just, isn't yeah, perfect it's because it's finished. late. It's reliable and you're done. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So. Sure. And I think deadlines are like, or I hate calling them deadlines. It's such a negative term. But deadlines. by the, yeah, by the, when you <laughs> have something that's a due date, when it's got to happen, I think that's one of the things as you guys have progressed through that is one of the biggest changes I see besides, you know, the confidence is that you guys are a lot more timely um, on understanding how to, get something done and that's that's i think a huge thing that if you were studying it by yourself i don't know if you would actually ever get that Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree i agree Uh, for me like as a photographer editing i I got to a point where when i'm going through photos like i do a photo shoot and i let's just say i did 100 images yeah and i'm only looking for that one or two and i edit through and these the rest are all garbage in that there's no point in going back to them. Like, they're done. I only want that one or two really great images that I'm going to work with from that point forward. And when I was first started out my career, it was so hard to, like, but these might be good images. And when you're doing, like, a, like say you're doing a portrait session of a client and the client wants to see those, port- those other images, like, the answer is no. You, they're, they're worthless. Like, what you want is the best of the best. So these are the ones I've edited to, and these are the ones I'm going to work with to make better. The other stuff doesn't matter anymore. It's just, it can be forgotten. It can be deleted and I love in the digital age we can delete it like it just doesn't matter it's mm. those this is the one that I wanted these other images helped Don't me matter. to get to that one whether they're taken before or after but you know so it's the same kind of I got the same kind of philosophy one of my favorite things to get from people at conventions are sketchbooks mm-hmm. and every single artist I've talked to says yes this is my sketchbook for sale I'm like what do you mean sketchbook for sale I was like well I've got my sketchbook over here that nobody sees that's all my crap Mm. That's all the stuff that I'm just working and working and working. That sits over here. Nobody gets to see that. That's my practice. And then the best of that goes into here. Yeah, mm. yeah. And those are just the sketches. And then you see their finished pieces that are you know, ridiculously good and super and amazing. Like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. But it's those sketches and that process stuff that isn't even the process stuff mm. that they're willing to 
sell. Yeah, some of that stuff that they have in that book, it may be gold. They just don't know it. They don't want to try to find out for themselves because they're too afraid. Somebody's going to say something and the critique is not going to be as good. Then they might get, they might have self-esteem issues then they get low about it and then bam, it's just, I don't want to do it because somebody said something about it. Or they just weren't good enough. Or they weren't good enough. <laughs> that too. Dang, dang. Right. We talked. We talked a little bit about. <laughs> we talked a little bit about failure, and I'm going to throw the field question. I'm going to field this question to the faculty in the room. Dan, what do you think holds most students back from being the best they can be? Fear. Fear and ego. Okay. Mm. That's good. What about you? Um. Lack of ability to look outside themselves. Okay. And what I mean by that is. I hate, there are a lot of people and a lot of students that come in saying, oh yeah, you know, I'll just work in my home studio. Great! How are you going to show people your work so you can get paid for it? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, do you want to have a house? Do you want to, I don't know, eat food? <laughs> do, you, do you want to, you know, go out and have fun every once in a while? So look outside of your bubble and look outside of your world. This is not a isolated world you cannot be an isolated artist you have to live within the world that you're in yeah and heck within the world in general the best artists are the most well-versed and most well-traveled some of the people that taught me in school said the most important thing i do as an artist every single day is i read the newspaper so the comics no front page because if you can read the front page and understand what the world is doing right now you're going to be more informed in your own art mm-hmm. the, so yeah. the greatest quote that i love using in my classes now is from arian foster going back to sports um <laughs> to be interesting you have to be interested yeah yeah, yes. yeah for sure i'm for going sure. back to our sports thing tom brady right greatest quarterback of all time well, john that according Whoa. to some according okay so <laughs> six and we lose the room no seven super bowls five rings right gonna be a hall of fame quarterback most awarded right. yeah yeah there you go most awarded <laughs> good three to one touchdown interception ratio in his career that means he threw so, an interception 25% of the time. Yep. For those of you guys that aren't good with math. Yeah. <laughs> I'm decent. What do you mean about yeah. ego and fear? I think they're, they're aren't they kind of the same side of the coin? Um, I think that there's a lot of people that are afraid of success that are um, artistic. Um, and and is that their ego um, that makes them afraid? Well, technically it would be their <laughs> ego. So I guess I should say the id <laughs> instead of the ego in this. We're but deep in here. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Do you guys want psychology class? Let's go. Um, I would. So I think that lots of people are af- afraid of success. I think a lot of people are afraid of failure, but it's still just fear, even though there are two different types of fear. And then there's, as Chris said, when he came in, he had the ego. And I don't necessarily know if his was fear. I think his was blindness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was blind because of fear. I think that he was the confidence that we like to see. Um, in anything in the world, but I think that he couldn't see anything beyond himself. And so I think that they are separate, because I think technically that's his id, but we'll call it ego, because... Exposing my id, philosophy podcast. Yeah, but I think that a lot of people also are f- afraid to share their art, and that's one of the hardest things with an art school, is this is my art, somebody's going to steal my art. Mm. And the moment I show you my art, somebody's going to steal it. And then, like, oh, I got to copyright it, or I got to do this. doesn't prevent people from stealing your stuff, Still by the way. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest problems when an artist comes to, like, our school 
is that they're afraid of sharing their art. Chris was the opposite. He was into interrupting every class and sharing his art for the right <laughs> <Yeah>. price. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm losing his stories so, right now. Yeah, there's his plug. Um, but I, I think that, that you also, like, when, uh, when I would teach a Fundamentals of Audio class for a lot of animation, there was a lot of hesitation in going forward where you saw a lot of lack of self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd see a lot of talent, but they were afraid to show anybody but you as the teacher. And when you did a class critique, they turn in something that was really bad. But the other projects you might have seen were really good. Right. And so to me, I think that's like a, a fear of success or maybe a fear of failure because you know that that's good. And so fear and ego are the two biggest things. The ego in referring to the blinders of that you're the coolest thing on earth and you don't need anybody else. Fear... Sorry. As in that you don't want to be judged and that type of stuff. And I think every single student goes through that. I, I remember going through that when I was in school. Sure. Yeah. I think everybody goes through that in yeah. everything, any endeavor they try to I still to go do. through that when I teach class. I'm like, <laughs> are they going to like what I'm teaching? Is this going to fail? And sometimes I come in here and my lesson plan is not good for that day. His analogies or something else. He'll like talk about a frog and he'll relate it back to the fader or something. And I'm yeah. like, huh? Like, yo, you gotta break that down, Dan. Like, and then we do. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a deeper way of thinking, though. <laughs> that helps you to think outside the box, don't you? Right. Learning is like an individual experience within a group. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And it's everybody learns and thinks differently. And if you can use verbiage or a concept that everybody will not just say, here's our concept, this is what we're doing, but they can actually personalize it a little bit to themselves, I think you'll have more success of trying to get that point in there because everybody learns differently. You guys are all from different places, all different experiences. Yet you're in the same class in the same podcast we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll end the podcast right there. Thank you again. That's another episode of the Crave Magazine podcast. Once again, big thanks to our students, Jason, Amanda, Roger, Chris, and Isaiah. Thank you for letting me come into your class to talk to me about what it's like to be a student in an arts program at a college. And again, thank you to instructor Dan Buckley for bringing this all together, for helping to put this together. A big thanks to the Media Arts and Animation Program Chair, Jay Peter Anitz, for coming in and sharing some of your life lessons and some ideas on how to be a, not only a great student, but a great artist in today's world. Big thanks once again to the Art Institute of Colorado for helping to sponsor this podcast, for bringing us in and allowing us to record a few episodes in your audio engineering studio. Many, many, many thanks. And speaking of sponsorship, are you guys ready to check out some Moxie? If you're going to be in the Denver, Colorado area on January 20th, 2018, will not want to miss this next event from Moxie Lux Productions. It is Moxie Lux Presents The Dark Fairy Tale. Imagine a place where practical meets peculiar, where mystery meets magic. This all-inclusive event allows you to dance, sip, and savor some of Denver's finest as you interact with dancers, performers, and artists as they create vignettes, stories, and unforgettable experiences right before your eyes. And as a special bonus for podcast listeners, use the promo code CRAVE when purchasing tickets for $10 off your order. Where do you hear about this? Where do you learn more about this? Where do you get more information about this event, The Dark Fairy Tale? Well, just go to eventsmoxie.com. Once again, that's eventsmoxie.com, E-V-E-N-T-S, moxie, M-O-X-I-E, dot com, eventsmoxie.com, and use the promo code CRAVE when purchasing tickets for $10 off your next order. The music for episode 11 was brought to you by DJ J Adore. 
Check her out on her music on Facebook or on her website at dj-jador.com. That's dj-jador.com. Thank you for listening to the Crave Magazine Podcast. I am Jim Wills, your host and producer for this episode, and I am on a mission to bring art back to the world. And with your help, we can make that happen. So please take a moment to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. And if you like what you heard, even more importantly, tell your friends. If there's something that we can do better, by all means, let us know. And if you are an artist or even just want to hear from a favorite artist, well, send us a message. We are putting this show out for all of us who love and appreciate the arts. So tell us how we can improve. Remember, always be good to one another. And of course, take time to feed your soul with art. Your love keeps lifting.